Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth. I'll be talking after the episode, so, yeah. Chapter 7. Tyson leads a jailbreak. The good news. The left tunnel was straight with no side exits, twists, or turns. The bad news? It was a dead end. After sprinting sprinting 100 meters, we ran into an enormous boulder that completely blocked our path. Between us, the sounds of dragging footsteps and heavy breathing echoed down the corridor. Something definitely not human was on our trail. Tyson, I said, can you... Yes! He slammed his shoulder against the rock so hard the tunnel shook. Dust trickled from the stone ceiling. Hurry! Gore said, don't bring the roof down, but hurry! The boulder finally gave way with a horrible grinding noise. Tyson pushed into it. It into a small room, and we dashed through behind it. Close the entrance, Annabeth said. We all got on uh, the other side of the boulder and pushed. Whatever was chasing us wailed in frustration, and we heaved the rock back into place and sealed the door. We trapped it, I said. Or ourselves, Grover said. I turned. We were in a six-meter square center room, and the opposite wall was covered with metal bars. We tunneled straight into a cell. What in Hades? Annabeth tudged on the bars. They didn't budge. Through the bars, we could see rows of cells in a ring around the, a dark courtyard. At least three stories of metal doors and metal catwalks. A prison, I said. Maybe Tyson can break. Shh, Grover said. Listen. Somewhere above us, deep sobbing echoed through the building. There's another sound, too, a raspy voice muttering something that I couldn't make out. The words were strange, like our rocks in a r- tumbler. What's that language, I whispered. Tyson's eye widened. Can't be. What? I asked. He grabbed two bars on our cell door and bent them wide enough for even a cyclops to slip through. Wait, Grover called, but Tyson wasn't about to wait. We ran after him. The prison was dark. Only a few fluorescent lights flickered above. I know this place, Annabeth told me. This is Alcatraz. You mean the island near near San Francisco? She nodded. My school took a field trip here. It's like a museum. It didn't seem possible that we could have popped up in the labyrinth on the other side of the country, but Annabeth had been living in San Francisco all year, keeping an eye on Mount Templis just across the bay. She probably knew what she was talking about. Freeze, Grover warned, but Tyson kept going. Grover grabbed his arm and pulled him back with all his strength. Stop, Tyson! Stop, Tyson! He whispered. Can't you see it? I looked where he was pointing, and my stomach did a somersault. On the second floor balcony across the courtyard was a monster more horrible than anything I'd ever seen before. It was sort of like a centaur with a woman's body from the waist up, but instead of a horse's lower body, it was the body of a dragon, at least seven meters long, black and scaly, with enormous claws and barbed and a barbed tail. The legs looked like they were tangled in vines, but I realized they were sprouting snakes, hundreds of vipers darting around, constantly looking for something to bite. The woman's hair was also made of snakes, like Medusa's. Weirdest of all, around her waist, where the woman met the dragon part, her skin bubbled and morphed, occasionally producing the head of animals, a vicious wolf, a bear, a lion, as if she were wearing a belt of ever-changing creatures. I got the feeling I was looking at something half-formed, a monster so old it was from the beginning of time, before shapes had been fully defined. It's her, Tyson whispered. 
Get down, Grover said. We crouched in the shadows, but the monster wasn't paying us any attention. It seemed to be talking to someone inside a cell on the second floor. That's where the sobbing was come from. The dragon woman said something in her weird, rumbling language. What's she saying? I muttered. What's that language? The tongue of the old times, Tyson shivered. What mother earth spoke to titans? Her and other children, before the gods. Do you understand it? I asked. Do you translate? Tyson closed his eyes and began to speak in a horrible, raspy woman's voice. You will work for the master of supper. Annabeth shuddered. I hate it when he does that. Like all cyclopses, Tyson had superhuman hearing and an uncanny ability to mimic voices. It was almost like he entered a trance when he spoke in other voices. I will not serve, Tyson said in a deep, wounded voice. I will not serve, Tyson said in a deep, wounded voice. He switched to the monster's voice. Then I shall join your pain, Briars. Then I shall enjoy your pain, Briars. Tyson faltered when he said that name. I never heard him break character when he was mimicking somebody, but he let out a strangled gulp. Then he continued in the monster's voice. If you thought your first imprisonment, imprisonment was unbearable, you have yet to feel torment. Think, think on this until I return. A dragon lady tromped towards the stairwell, vipers hissing around her legs like grass skirts. She spread wings and that I hadn't noticed before. Excuse me. Huge bat wings. She kept folding against the dragon back. She, she leaped off the catwalk and soared across the courtyard and crouched lower in the shadows. All a hot sulfurous blast my, blasted my face as the monster flew over. Then she disappeared around the corner. Oh, horrible, Grover said. I've never smelled any monster that strong. Cyclops is worst nightmare, Tyson muttered. Compe. Who? I asked. Tyson swallowed. Every Cyclops knows about her. Stories about her scared us when we were babies. She is our jailer in the bad day years. Annabeth nodded. I remember now. When the Titans ruled, they imprisoned, they imprisoned Gaia and Uranus's earlier children, the Cyclopses and the Hikatonki race. The Hikat what? The hundred-handed ones, she said. They called them that because, well, they had a hundred hands. They were elder brothers. They were elder brothers of the Cyclops. Very powerful, Tyson said. Wonderful! This tall sky so strong they can break mountains. Cool, I said. Looks your mountain. Campe was the was the jailer. He said she worked for Kronos. She kept their brothers locked up in Tartarus, tortured them always until Zeus came. He killed Campe and freed Cyclopses and hundred-handed ones to help fight against the Titans in the big war. And now Campe's back. I said. But Tyson summed up. So who's in that cell? I asked. You said a name. Briars! Tyson perked up. He's a hundred-handed one. They are tall as the sky and... Yeah, I said, they break mountains. He looked, up the, he looked up at the cell above us, wondering how something as tall as the sky could fit in a tiny cell, and why he was crying. I guess we should check it out, Annabeth said, before Kampe comes back. As we approached the cell, the weeping got louder. When I first saw the creature aside, I wasn't sure what I was looking at. He was a human size, and his skin was very pale, the color of milk. 
He wore a linen cloth like a big diaper. His feet seemed too big for his body, body with cracked dirt toenails, eight toes on each foot. But the top half of his body was the weird part. He made Janice look downright normal. She just sprouted more arms than I could count in rows all around his body. The arms looked like normal arms, but there's so many of them all tangled together that his chest looked <laughs> kind of like a forkful of spaghetti somebody had twirled together. Several of his hands were covering his face as he sobbed. Either the sky isn't as tall as it used to be, I muttered, or he's short. Tyson didn't pay any attention. He fell on his knees. Briars, he called. The sobbing stopped. Great hundred-handed one, Tyson said. Help us. Briars looked up. His face was long and sad, with a crooked nose and bad teeth. He had deep brown eyes. I mean, completely brown, with no whites or pupils, like formed at, like eyes formed of clay. Run while you can, Cyclops, Briar said miserably. I cannot even help myself. You're a hundred-handed one, Tyson existed, insisted. You can do anything. Briar wiped his nose with five or six of his hands. Several others were fidgeting with little pieces of metal and wood from a broken bed. The way Tyson always played with his spare parts. It was amazing to watch. The hands seemed to have a mind of their own. They built a toy boat out of wood and assembled it just as fast. Other hands were scratching at the cement floor for no apparent reason. Others were playing rock, paper, scissors. A few others were making ducky, ducky and doggy shadow puppets against the wall. I cannot, Briars moaned. Compass back, the Titans will rise and throw us back into Tartarus. Put on your brave face, Titans, Tyson said. Immediately, Briars' face morphed into something else. Same, bra same brown eyes, but otherwise totally different features. He had an upturned nose, arched eyebrows, and a weird smile, like he was trying to act brave. But then his face turned back to what it had been before. No good, he said. My scared face keeps coming out. How did you do that? I asked. Anna, Annabeth elbowed me. Don't be rude. The hundred-handed ones have fifty different faces. Must be hard to get a yearbook photo, I said. Tyson was still entranced. It will be okay, Briars. We will help you. Can I have your autograph? Briars sniffled. Do you have one hundred friends? Guys, Grover interrupted. We have to get out of here. Kampa will be back. She'll send us sooner or later. Break the bars, Annabeth said. Yes, Tyson said, smiling prou proudly. Briars can do it. He is very strong, stronger than Cyclops even. Watch! Briars whimpered. A dozen of his hands started playing pat cake but none of them made any attempt to break the bars. If he's so strong, I said, why is he stuck in jail? Annabeth elbowed me again. He's terrified, she whispered. Campe imprisoned him in Tartars for thousands of years. How would you feel? A hundred Hanu ones covered his face again. Briars? Tyson asked. What? What is wrong? Show us your great strength. Tyson, Annabeth said. I think you better break the bars. Tyson's smile melted slowly. I'll break the bars, he repeated. He grabbed the salad door and ripped off his hinges like he was made of wet clay. Come on, Briars, Annabeth said. Let's get out of here. She held out her hand. For a second, Briars' face was morphed into a hopeful expression. Several of his arms reached out, but twice as many slapped them away. I cannot, he said. She will punish me. It's all right, Annabeth promised. You fought the Titans before, and you won, remember? I remember the war. Briar's face morphed again, furrowed brown and pouting mouth. His broody face, his broody, brooding face, I guess. 
lightning shook the world. We threw many rocks. The titans and the monsters are almost one. Now they're getting strong again. Kampe said so. Don't listen to her, I said. Come on. He didn't move. I knew Grover was right. We didn't have much time before Kampe returned. But I couldn't just leave him there. Tyson would cry for weeks. One game of rock, paper, scissors, I blurted out. If you come, if I will, if I win, you come with us. If I lose, we'll leave you in jail. Annabeth looked at me like I was crazy. Briar's face morphed to doubtful. Always win rock, paper, scissors. Then let's do it. I pounded my fist on my palm three times. Briar's did the same with all 100 hands. We sound like an army marching three, uh, three steps forward. We came up with a whole avalanche of rocks, a classroom set of scissors, and enough paper to make a fleet of airplanes. I told you, he said sadly. I always... His face morphed to confusion. What is that you made? A gun, I told him, showing my finger gun. It was a trick Paul Blofus has pulled on me, but I wasn't going to tell him that. A gun beats anything. That's not fair. I didn't say anything about fair. Comp is not going to be fair if we hang around. She's going to blame you for ripping off the bars. Now come on. Briars sniffled. Demigos are cheaters. But he slowly rose to his feet and followed us out of the cell. I started to feel hopeful. And we, and we, all we had to do now was get downstairs and find the labyrinth entrance. But then Tyson froze. On the ground right below us, Campe was snarling at us. The other way, I said. We bolted down the catwalk. Time Briar, this time, Briars was happy to follow us. In fact, he sprinted out front, a hundred arms waving in panic. Behind us, I heard the sound of giant wings as Campe took to the air. She hissed and growled in her ancient language, but it didn't need a trans translation to know she was planning to kill us. We scrambled down the stairs, through a corridor, and past the guard station, onto another block of prisoner cells. Left, Annabeth said. I remember this from the tour. We burst outside and find ourselves in the prison yard, ringed by security towers and barbed wire. After being inside so long, the daylight almost blinded me. Tourists were miling around, taking pictures. The wind whipped cold off the bay. In the south, San Francisco gleamed all white and beautiful, but in, over the north, over Mount Tampolis, huge storm clouds swirled. The whole sky seemed like a black top spinning from the mountain where Atlas was imprisoned, and where the Titans made a pal on the Titan Palace of Mouth Othreus was rising anew. It was hard to believe the tourists could see the supernatural storm brewing, but they didn't have any hint that anything was wrong. It was it's even worse, Annabeth said, gazing to the north. The storms have been bad all year, but that Keep moving Briars wailed. She was right behind us. We ran to the far end of the courtyard, as far of the cell block as possible. Cup is too big to get through the doors, I said, hopefully. Then the wall exploded. Tours screamed as Campe appeared from the dust of rubble and rubble, her wings spread out as wide as the courtyard. She was holding two swords, long bronze scimitars that glowed with weird greenish aura, boiling wisps of vapor that smelled sour and hot even across the yard. Poison! Grover yelped. Don't let those things touch you or, or we'll die, I guessed. Well... You shrivel slowly to dust, yes. Let's avoid the swords, I decided. Briars, fight, Tyson urged. Go to full size. Instead, Briars looked like he was trying to shrink even smaller. He appeared to be wearing his absolutely terrified face. 
Kampe's thundered toward us on her dragon legs, hundreds of snakes slithering around her body. For a second, I thought about drawing Riptide and facing her, but my heart crawled into my throat. Then Annabeth said what I was thinking. Run. That was the end of the debate. There was no fighting this thing. We ran through the jail yard and the gates of the prison. The monster right behind us. Mortals screamed and ran. Emergency sirens began to blare. We hit the wharf just as a tour boat was unloading. The new group of visitors froze as they saw us charging towards them, followed by a mob of frightened tourists, followed by... I don't know what they saw through the mist, but it could not have been good. The boat? Grover asked. Too slow, Tyson said. Back into the maze, only chance. We need a diversion, Annabeth said. Tyson ripped the lamppost off the ground. I will distract Campe. Campe, you run around back into the prison. I'll help you, I said. No, Tyson said. You go. Poison will hurt Cyclops. There's a lot of pain, but it won't kill. Are you sure? Go, go, brother. I will meet you inside. I hated the idea. I'd almost lost Tyson once before, and I didn't want to ever risk that again. But there was no time to argue it, and I had no better idea. Go, Annabeth Grover... And I each took one of Briars' hands and dragged him towards the concession stands while Tyson bellowed, lowered his pole, and charged Campe like a jousting knight. She'd been glaring at Briars, but Tyson got her attention as soon as he nailed her in the chest with a pole, pushing her back into the wall. She shrieked and slashed with her swords, slicing the pole to shreds. Poison dripped in pools all around her, sizzling into the cement. Tyson jumped back as Campe's hair slashed and hissed, and the vipers around her legs darted the, their tongues in every direction. A lion popped out of the weird half-formed faces around her waist and roared. As we sprinted from the cell blocks, the last thing I saw was Tyson picking up an ice cream stand and throwing it at Campe. Ice cream and poison exploded everywhere. All the little snakes in Campe's hair dotted with chocolate sauce. I dashed back into the jail yard. Can't make it, Briars huffed. Tyson is risking his life to help you, I yelled at him. You will make it. As we reached the door of the cell block, I heard an angry roar. I glanced back and saw Tyson running towards us at full speed, Campe right behind him. She was plastered in ice cream and t-shirts. One of the bare heads on her waist was now wearing a pair of crooked plastic Alcatraz sunglasses. Hurry, Annabeth said like I needed to be told that. We finally found the cell where we'd come in. The back of wall was completely smooth, no sign of a boulder or anything. Look for the mark, Annabeth said. There! Grover touched a tiny scratch, and it became a Greek A, or a Greek triangle. The mark of Daedalus glowed blue, and the stall wall ground, ground open. Too slowly, Tyson was coming toward, through the cell block, Campe's sword slashing out behind him, slicing indiscriminately through cell bars and stone walls. I pushed Briars inside the maze, then Annabeth and Grover. You can do it, I told Tyson, but immediately I knew he couldn't. Campe was gaining. She raised her swords. I needed a distraction, something big. I slapped my wristwatch and it spiraled into a bronze shield. Desperately, I threw it at the monster's face. Smack! The shield hit her in the face and she faltered just long enough for Tyson to dive past me into the maze. I was right behind him. Campe charged, but she was too late. The stone door closed and its magic sealed us in. I could feel the whole tunnel shake as Campe pounded against it, roaring furiously. We didn't stick around to play knock-knock with her, though. We raced into the darkness for the first time, and at the last, 
I was glad to be back in the maze. And that, I think, was chapter 7. Also, um, I would much appreciate it if um, somebody could go, anyone could go to uh, podbean.com or download the app Podbean and uh, search up my podcast. And please, come on, I, I would love to do like a Q&A eventually, maybe 2,000 downloads or something, but I mean... If I don't have any cues or a- any comments at all, that's not very nice. I can't really do a cue and A if I have no cues. And for those who don't know, if there's anyone who doesn't know, Q and A is like I, you guys ask a bunch of questions and then I tell a bunch of answers. I don't know if anyone actually needed to hear that. Uh, I think that was a short chapter. Uh, I'm not really sure. My I don't feel I haven't been feeling too well the last few days. Like, I'm not, that's why I'm not sure if it was a short chapter because my stomach hurts anyway from talking too much. Uh, which is kind of ironic because I'm still gonna be talking for like three more minutes. Um, and yeah, what was I gonna say? Great, I forgot. Wait, can you guys? Is this bad? Can you guys not hear? Is this? Oh my god! Great. I don't, could, could you guys hear me, like, at all? Wait, I have to listen back to that. Okay, well, I mean, I put my headphones on max volume, I blasted them, and, uh, I could, I could hear it, I guess. It was, it was a nice, it was a nice whisper, so, maybe, maybe you're listening to it on the bus on the way to school, something, I don't know. I don't listen to podcasts, or I listen to music on my way to school, but, once I actually fell asleep. Why am I, I don't know, bye.